so here's the deal. Here's what's interesting. Last week we talked about guys, and I talked about how guys, you, you don't really have a list of what you're looking for. Uh, a lot of times it basically goes down to I want to get the hottest girl that I can tolerate. And we kind of just look for those things. If you weren't here last week, you should go on the podcast and listen to that. Girls, you're very different. You have a list. It's a long list. It's got random stuff on there, and you add more every single week. Like, <laughs> you see, like, the way a guy treats a girl, and you're like, oh, yeah, he needs to do this. He needs to do that. Like, height is on there. Like, eyebrow shape is on there. There's just a ton of stuff. But here's the problem. Here's what happens. This is what I see. You have these lists, like crazy lists. Some of the stuff is important. Some of it, I'll just be honest with you, is not as important. But as soon as like your heart starts to go that way, like the list goes out the window. Like the moment your heart starts to get into play, like the moment you start feeling something for this guy, like, oh, I just, I just love him. There's just something there. And it's like, yeah, but he lives at home and he doesn't have a job. And you're like, but I just, I just love him. I could change him. No, no, you can't. But we do. It's, it's the heart. It gets into it. I, I want to share a story with you that I have never shared in front of people. It's the most embarrassing story of me buying something that I absolutely didn't need. I'm going to share it with you right now. Um, so I was driving home from, actually I was going back to UF. It was my sophomore year of college. I was driving up and as I'm driving along, this white van pulled up next to me. They said, hey man, you want some speakers? Like yelled at me while I'm driving on 75. And I figured he was going to give me some free speakers, which is dumb to think in the first place that anyone's just going to do that. Hey, you look like a cool guy. Anybody tells you you look like a cool guy, like immediately they're selling you something. And so I pulled off and the guy's like, man, I got these speakers. We got too many. Um, I, I want to sell them to you. I was like, wait, selling them to me? And he, he shows me like the price sheet of what they cost. Like these are thousand, couple thousand dollar speakers. He goes, but I'll give them to you, dude, right now for like 200 bucks. I was like, really? I was like, wow. And, he, and he, I'm like, but wait a second. Like this seems weird. He's like, no, man, you can do this. Like you're at school, right? Like you want to do a party? And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. Not realizing I'm an introvert. Like I'm not somebody that's ever going to throw a party. But in my mind, like, he's hyping it up. He's like, dude, these are awesome. Look how tall they are. This is back when tall speakers. And all that. I'm like, this will be great. He goes, you can plug it in. It'll just be awesome new experience for, like, you watching TV. Meanwhile, just to let you guys know, and I know this is a long time ago, I had a 15-inch TV, and I had speakers this tall. So I'm just like, yeah, okay. And then I, I took out money, and I paid for the speakers. And immediately, immediately, I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I start to drive back. I remember I get home and my dad at that time like saw that I took money out of my account. And he's like, hey, what happened? I'm like, well, uh, I bought speakers off a guy and he, I explained the situation to him. He goes, so wait, wait. So you just, this random guy has, he goes, didn't you go through your head like they're hot? Like they're stolen? And I was like, well, kind of. He goes, so that was okay with you. So best case scenario, you bought really cheap stolen speakers. It's like, yeah. He's like, worst case scenario, you got ripped off. And here's what I did. I ended up looking on the internet and the whole thing's a scam. It's like this white van thing. So if you ever see a white van that's trying to sell you stuff, but here's the problem. These speakers were huge. They required a lot of power. The, the receiver that I would have to buy just to power the speakers was $800. So I had speakers that I couldn't even use. Absolutely worthless. They sat underneath my bed. I remember every time I'd see them, I'm like, man, what could have been? 
But what happened? I got stuck. I got in that idea. And some of you guys have done this with buying stuff. It's like somewhere along the line, like your heart gets there. You're like, I know I shouldn't do this, but I, I go for it. And girls, this is what you do. Your heart gets involved. And on top of it, you have this weird competitiveness too. Like it's, it's very interesting competitiveness where you have to like get that guy because you're afraid of anybody else stepping in the way. And if like another girl comes up, you like literally, I've heard a girl hiss at another girl. <laughs> but you say words like this. Guys, this is so weird. You say stuff like I need to lock him up. Don't we realize that's a weird phrase? Lock him up, lock him down. Like the entire idea is I'm kidnapping a human and making him mine, Right? <laughs> Like, I still remember my, my wife told me, she always told me, she goes, yeah, you didn't know it, but I marked you. I peed on you, like was her, her thing to say. And other girls told me, they're like, yeah, Chrissy peed on you. And I used to think it was just something she said. I'm starting to think more and more the older that I get, she may have actually like sprayed some pee on me. Like, <laughs> because I, w- I didn't know this, but things happened behind closed doors when girls came around me. It was a very different deal. But here, here's, here's what I'm getting at right now is you have that, that idea of what the perfect man should be. Most of you have lists that actually have good characteristics on it. But the moment your heart starts moving towards a guy, the moment he starts doing some little thing that you find so incredibly cute that was in a movie that you just haven't seen, it starts to change everything. And so what I want to do today is I want to give you a better list. I, I want to give you a list to check off, a, a list of what a guy should look like, things that are more important than just his earning potential, um, and what, things that are more important than just his style, things that a guy needs to have. Because, girls, I need you to understand this too, and guys, you don't want me to say this. Guys are really good at getting your heart involved. Like, really good. We look stupid, but we're not. Like, we are very, very good at getting your heart involved because we know somehow we can do something dumb, but we write a poem and everything's okay. I mean, think about it. Why is it, even in a marriage, a response to a man messing up is a romantic gesture? Why is that even a response? Like, why is that the answer? Like, oh, like I still remember, like, people you see in the media, they, like, they cheat on somebody, so he buys her a big ring. And you, you see these things, you're like, why is this even a response? Why is romance a response to doing something wrong and not just a response to love? Because I'm not saying romance is wrong. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what's so interesting to me is it seems to be used more to manipulate and get through something than it is to say that I love you. And I want to help you guys. I, girls, I, I want to help you so much because you can't, I can't tell you the number of conversations that I've had with girls in front of me that they're crying and they're like, I didn't see this coming. And I'm like, well, everybody else did. And it's true. And you guys know this because your friends have gone through it. But then when you go through it, you're like, no, it's different this time. And we have this idea that it's this heartbreak will just go away. But it's not just heartbreak. See, what scares me is it's not just heartbreak. It's the amount of men out there that are dangerous men. Uh, 43% of college women uh, report abuse or controlling behavior in someone that they date during college. 50% of violent crimes are from a romantic partner. This is the crazy stat. One out of every four women will experience physical abuse by a partner. And here's the deal. I'm not putting that on you, okay? I'm not putting that on you, but I, I want you to, to hear and understand, maybe there's a way where that doesn't have to happen. Maybe if we're paying attention to certain things, that's not something that will happen. That's not something that will blindside you there. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a passage in 1 Timothy, 
This sounds very interesting because the passage in 1 Timothy, it's talking about a guy who's supposed to be a leader in the church. And you're like, I'm just looking for a date, not a leader in the church. These, all these things here are things that are not that tough. There's nothing in these verses that say he needs to memorize the whole Bible. Like there's nothing in here that it's like he's got to be able to speak different like Hebrew and Latin or whatever it may be. These are very basic things. And I'll be honest with you, you should strive for a man that's okay being a leader at church. I'm not talking about a pastor, a leader, someone that's okay taking up any form of leadership. And these are not crazy things. So we'll start off in 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 7. And uh, I'm just going to go through the verse, then we're going to go back through it. And it says this, says, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So this is the same idea. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home and be able to teach. It's not talking about teaching from up here. It's being able to take what he's learned and just give it to one other person. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? A church leader must not be a new believer because he might be proud and the devil will cause him to fail. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. Here, here's the deal. We're going to break these back down. You're like, wait a second. How am I supposed to find a guy that's already good with a family? Am I going after married men? That's not the idea. Like, we're, we're going to break that down. And let me just say this. I, you know, after saying that, I just came up. Um, please, girls, do not be going after the finished product that she worked so hard to move along. Uh, that's not an okay thing. There are men out there, and like I said, it's the same thing as last week when we talked about the women. These are not finished products. This is not somebody who is already there. This is somebody that's working towards these things. So I'm going to give you some things to pay attention to. Here's the first one. Pay attention to his commitments, okay? What does he truly love? What does he truly care about? Does he love sports? That's fine. Does he love sports more than everything else? Right? That will be a problem that you will see. Does he love cars? That's fine. Does he love cars more than everything else? Where are his commitments? Where does he spend his time? What, has he, what commitments has he made and also kept? You want to see him actually keep a commitment. Is he involved in church? Does, is he in community? This is not a high bar. Okay? This is not like he needs to be doing everything. It's does he attend church regularly and is he in community and church? The reason we do groups is because we want you to have other people around you and guys and girls alike. We need other people speaking into our lives. I was talking about this the other day with somebody. We come up with the dumbest ideas when we're alone. Right? We need other people in our life to help us, especially in relationships. You want a guy that's there. You don't want to have a guy that just has the ability to relate just to girls and doesn't have the ability to relate to guys. Listen to me. That is a, that is a recipe for disaster in marriage. If the only people he can get along with is other girls. You want someone that can get along with other guys and does not complain that everybody wants him to do things that he doesn't like to do. It's something he talks about how these guys called him out and he's okay with that. You want him to have people in his life that do call him out. So we're paying attention to his commitments. In verse 2 it says, so a church leader must be a man that his life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. You're like, well, how do I get that? Here's the idea. Does he believe in the covenant of marriage? You can find out pretty quick where a guy is on marriage. 
Right? If you go, hey, what about marriage? And they're like, well, you know, it may work, it may not. You know, maybe that's something I'll look for in my second wife. You know, like, I've heard so many say that. That's why I'm saying this. Does he see it as a covenant? Does he see it as something that is going to work? Or does he say things that basically translate to, I hope we make it? Not we are going to work for this and make it happen. Because, guys, marriage, I mean, when you take your vows, it's a crazy covenant. Like, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to death do us part. Like, that's a serious covenant. Do they understand that? Does he get that? Does he understand that you're purposely coming together not just for you two, but you're building a legacy? You're building a legacy. What is he doing there? See, what's crazy to me is I have girls that come up to me all the time crying, and they ask a question that they don't want the answer to. And here's the question. My boyfriend cheated on me. What do I do? What? My boyfriend cheated on me. What do I do? I was like, it's, it's easy. You're dating. You break up. But they're like, well, what about grace? No, 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 no. Grace, grace happens in marriage. Yes. But grace doesn't, it's not in dating. You're dating. It's not like you would go, like, for example, our van just died. We're going to have to go look at new cars. I'm not going to drive a test drive a car and it break down three times, get back to the dealership and go, you know what? I'm going to give it grace. I'm going to buy it. Listen to me, listen to me. Men are on their best behavior when you're dating, okay? They're on their best behavior when you're dating. So the idea that everything will change in marriage is not true at all. But we're sitting there, your heart is in it. It's like this test drive that's happening there. And let me just say this, and I'll I'll say this to you, and I do also want you to go back and listen to the podcast. Part of the reason you have a hard time leaving him is because you're having sex, okay? I did a whole whole message on sex is powerful. I'm going to summarize it just real quick, but here's the idea. It's impossible to have sex without feeling love for someone. Every time you have sex, there are chemicals that I go over in that series that are dumped on your brain that want you to be with that person. Basically, God's entire idea behind sex is this, is I'm going to dump these chemicals on your brain because I want you to be addicted to your spouse. Because all the chemicals that are dumped on your brain during sex are the same chemicals responsible for addiction. Why would God want you to do that? Because he wants you to stay together to raise kids. The problem is when you have sex ahead of time, you don't have the ability to think straight. It's the reason why so many of you are like, why do I keep going back to that same guy? Why is it even though we've broken up, he texts me at 1 a.m. in the morning and I fall for it? It's because there are chemicals. That would be a bold move. (laughs) Like, I know she's at church talking about this, but like, hey, baby, want to come over? Like, literally. (laughs) He is testing his boundaries at that moment. But it's true. And here's the deal. When you're outside the relationship, look, you can look back at it and you can see it. You can see it. And so if the entire idea of dating is to figure out whether or not you should marry this person, the problem is when you bring sex into it, you are literally looking through a veil trying to figure out if it's the right person. When all your mind is doing and all of your biology is doing is saying you should be with that person. 
it's very hard to see the red flags in those things when that happens. So you've got to look at those things. And here's, here, here's something that is, is tough to do. And, and I, I'll be honest with you. I hear this with girls all the time because they want a guy who doesn't lack confidence. But many times what we do is we trade confidence for arrogance. Okay? So we need to pay attention to his humility. His humility. 1 Timothy 3.6 says this. It says, a church leader must not be a new believer because he might become proud. And the devil will cause him to fail. What did the devil do? The devil's first sin was what? Pride. He was up in heaven. He goes, I'm, it actually says he's the best looking angel. He goes, I'm the best looking angel. I have a lot of power. I should run this, not God. And so what happened? He gets kicked out of heaven. What does he do? He goes around and he tempts people with pride because it's the the easiest one to get us on. And so do you want a guy whose pride is causing him to be more like Satan? And I know that seems like a lot, but it's true. Or do you want a guy who has actual confidence? And here's the difference. Confidence comes from God. Pride comes from what I think I am of myself. So we're paying attention to humility. Here's what we're doing. We're paying attention to his interaction with his friends. We're paying attention to his interactions with your friends and your family. Is he somebody that's constantly talking about himself and what he's done? Or is he somebody that's asking your family and the people around you, hey, tell me more about her. Right? Tell me more about them. I want to know them. I want to understand them. I'm not here to convince you how great I am. I'm here to understand how great this girl is that's in front of me. See, we're paying attention to what they are saying. And be careful of being attracted to arrogance. I know there's this idea. I've heard girls say, I just want a little bit of it. Really? You want just a little bit of selfishness? Because that's what it is. Arrogance is just selfishness. And I've heard girls say before, well, I can't encourage him enough. If a guy is arrogant, you will never be able to encourage him enough. Everything you say, everything you do will not give him enough confidence to do what he's supposed to do. That only comes from God. Do not mistake pride for confidence. We're paying attention to his, their humility. The next one is this, is we pay attention to his reputation. 1 Timothy 3, 7 says, also people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. See, I think this is the first one to go when your heart gets into it. It's the first one to go. Uh, everyone else is saying you shouldn't trust him. Everyone else is saying you shouldn't like, like him. Even his own family is like, why are you with him? But you say what? And I hear this all the time. But you don't know him like I know him. You don't understand. Like, I, I, I know him. He's cried around me. Like, I, I know him. Here's the question you should be asking yourself. Is not who he is in front of you, but why is he a jerk to everybody else? Why don't we ask that question? Why don't we ask the question, why is it only to me? Is it because he's getting something from me that he wants? Yes. But everybody else is not giving him those things, so he's a jerk to everything else. Remember this. Remember this. It's, it's nice that he's nice to you, but this is also the man who will be raising your kids. He's also the man that will be around your family, hopefully, and around the people around you. See, he's interviewing not for just the position of husband, but also of father. So yes, we need to pay attention to someone's reputation. We need to hear what they have to say. Now, here's the deal. It's not that things can't get better. It's not that he can't move forward. It's not that some people just don't like him. It's what are most people saying? Do people agree with my assessment or are they telling me I am totally off? See, in 1 Timothy 3, 4, it says, he must also manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. 
How are they going to respect or obey him if he doesn't have the ability to relate to them? Okay? See, and here, this goes back to even what I talked about last week with the family. You have to ask the question, does he like kids? And I'm not saying is he just always playing with kids. I'm saying, does he like kids? Does he talk about kids like it's going to be your thing? Like, I'm, I'm going to be the provider. You're going to take care of the kids. Because that's a problem. Because we've seen what happens when dads are just providers. They spend all their time at work, and so the kids basically grow up without a dad. Is he somebody that believes he needs to be a part of what's going on? You've got to be looking for these things. You've got to be able to analyze these things and see if what he's saying is real or fake. It's kind of like this. If you guys have been on Amazon, you'll, you'll have these random products show up that are not brand name or whatever, but they've got like 15,000 reviews that are all five-star. And it's incredibly cheap. You're like, this is an amazing deal. And then you order it. It's not an amazing deal at all. And you find out there's a lot of fake reviews. And so there's this company out there, a website out there called FakeSpot. And so what I'll do is if I'm going to buy something, I put it, you put the URL in there and it tells you how many of the reviews are fake, how many of them are real. Why do I need to know that? So I don't buy something and just waste my money. Look, you need to have people around him. If he doesn't have anyone around him, that's a sign, okay? But you need to talk to the people around him and find out who he's like, and find out who his mentors are. Here's the deal, guys. If, if his mentors and his dad treats their wife badly, pay attention to that. If the people he has closest don't respect women, pay attention to that. Look at what they're saying about there. You basically, I mean, here's what's crazy. I hear girls all the time running background checks and credit scores on guys, but we're unwilling to ask the people around him who he truly is. See, with, with me and Chrissy, Chrissy was a brand new believer when I met her. And I, like brand new, was living a totally non-Christian life when we met. She had just become a Christ follower and we met. And yes, there was an attraction there. There was something there where I'm like, I'm a pastor at this time. I need to see what happens. I want to see how she reacts when stuff goes the wrong way. I want to see how she reacts when there's an easier answer in front of her that she can take. And so I waited basically a year and a half. She would say that was way too long. It is what it is. But we only had a three-month engagement. And so three, three months dating, three months engagement, six months we made up for it on the other end. So it was good. But here's the deal. By the end of that year and a half, I knew exactly who she was because I watched her during that time. Look, I'm not saying a guy is automatically bad because of his past. I'm not saying a guy can't be a good husband who's been to jail or whatever it may be. But you need to see a track record. And a track record is not three months track record is not six months. You want to see at least a year of someone making the right decisions, doing the right things, treating women with the respect you know you should have. He can have some wrecks in his life, but we also know God changes hearts, right? And just remember, I just want to be a reminder of that. Last week I talked about girls. This week I'm talking about guys. God can bring anyone to a good place. I said this before, everyone in here can have a good relationship, but we just got to decide, I want that to happen and allow God to heal our hearts. That can happen for him. But you don't need to be the guinea pig that tries to find out in three months. You want to see and wait. I know there's the idea, but as soon as he becomes great, somebody's going to lock him down. That's okay. That's okay. Let that go forward. See, we're paying attention to who he is in his world. Here's a big one. Pay attention to his initiative. When things go the wrong way, when things get hard, does he shut down or does he look for answers? When he is going through a rough time at work, does he barrel through it or find another job and make the best of it? 
or does he just complain and shut down? See, so many times I hear women say, well, I want a man who has this much money. It's not about how much money he has. It's about whether or not he has initiative. Because ha if he has initiative, he will get a job, he will find a job, and he will provide. And that's why I, I hear this question all the time. I have girls say, is it okay for a girl to ask a guy out? Like, you can do that. That's fine. Like, you're not going to hell or anything like that. Like, it's not, like, there's, there's nothing there. But here's the problem. You're allowing him to literally fail the first test. And you're deciding this. You're deciding it's okay for me to lead the relationship, not him. So if you're looking for a leader, if you're looking for a guy that's going to do the right thing, you want him to take initiative. You want it to start out that way. And it's not easy. You guys are hard to ask out. You have a lot of pointy things that look like they could stab us. Like, there's... There's a lot, and you travel in groups, and the girl that's not being asked out looks at you very angrily. Like, it's a, it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing. But guys, our life, it's okay to be rejected. We've got to be okay with that because life is hard. Life is tough. You're going to continue to go through things in life where you're going to ask for things and be okay if you get rejected for them. That first starts with there. And so, guys, our job is to lead the relationship. Our job is lead the relationship. That means what? We ask the girl out. We actually plan the dates. Doesn't mean we don't ask them what they want to do, but we plan the dates. We initiate all the relationship-defining talks, which are the things everyone is afraid of. Because if I start to talk, I might find out something I don't know. You better start to talk then. And here's the deal. Guys, it's up to us. Beginning of the relationship, making sure she understands, I like you. The idea that I need to be mysterious is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then as you're going into the relationship, a couple months in, it's going, hey, let's just talk where we're at. Are we on the right page? Is there something I'm missing? And then at the 9 to 12 month mark, because most counselors say it takes nine months to get to know somebody, between the 9 and 12 month mark, you're asking the question, all right, marriage, what's on the table? What's keeping us from taking that next step? I'm not saying you're getting married at 9 to 12 months. Some of you may. But it, he's having the talk. He's going, hey, this is what's going forward. What, what do we lack right now? And he's starting that conversation. And here's why. And I heard this from a great leadership person. I believe it works in relationships. Leaders remove confusion. Leaders remove confusion. There doesn't need to be mystery. There doesn't need to be people thinking, I'm not sure where they're at. We just need to be honest and text that. Or actually, don't text that. Call them. <laughs> Or talk to them. Text is for saying good night, not we need to talk. But we lead in those things. You want him to have initiative. Here's the other thing you want. You want him to have self-control. Self-control. 1 Timothy 3 says this. It says he must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. It says he must not love money. That doesn't mean he can't have money. It means he doesn't love money. It doesn't mean that he puts money above you and everything else in his life. Like it's not bad to have money. It's not bad to want a guy that has some stability. But you don't want someone that loves money because that will always come ahead of you. And that first one there is the one that everybody doesn't want to talk about. He must not be a heavy drinker. Look, the Bible says perfectly okay to drink. Not supposed to get drunk. Not supposed to get drunk. And let's just be honest for a second. And what I have experienced and talked about, alcohol does more damage. Actually, it only does damage. There's never been somebody who's like, man, our family is falling apart, but then alcohol. 
right? You never heard someone say, man, I made the best decision last night while I was hammered. Like that never happens, right? Let's just be honest. That doesn't happen. That's why the Bible, it's perfectly okay. In the Bible, you see people drinking. Jesus drank, but you're not to be drunk. And here's the problem, girls. If he's willing to get drunk in front of you, that's a problem. And you're going, well, I'm in the same place. Well, both of you need to look at that right now. Because you're both deciding, I'm okay with that other piece of person being in a place where they're going to probably make a dumb decision. Where we're going to put ourselves in a place to do that. And on the other side of it, you got to pay attention. Is he using alcohol just to get through things? Is that his daily routine? Is it his drug of choice? Because we know where that ends up. See, alcohol goes with the next one, which is anger. Girls, please pay attention to anger. Please do not just say it doesn't matter or you're not seeing it. Does he give in to rage? Does he have anger and bouts of violence? He may not be hitting you, but he's throwing things and doing things. This is the disqualifier right away. Right away. And here's what I see so many times. I see girls very close to weddings. They see the bout of anger and they go, ah, we're so close. I had a girl that said I could, I could use this. She was getting married. They're about six weeks out. He punched a hole in the wall. She goes, but this is the first time. It's not that big of a deal. They get married year in after several different things. He pulls a gun on her. She's fine. She got out, but she's going, wait, wh- but what happened? I'm like, well, you saw what happened. He punched a hole in the wall. Like, that's a big deal. And on top of that, she goes, but I, I did everything right. I'm like, but you didn't bring him around us. You, he stayed around his family. The problem was his family was an enabling family. They're like, oh, he's fine. He's fine. And when it came to getting to know the other people in her life, he didn't want to do it. That's a sign. That's a sign. That means he's hiding something he knows somebody else will actually see. See, guys, anger is so important because, like I said before with the children thing, this is the man that will discipline your children. And kids aren't easy. And they make you very angry. So is his response going to be that with either extreme bouts of anger and almost violence in his words? Or is it going to lead to actual violence? What you need to do if you see bouts of anger, you take a step back, get out of the relationship and allow him to heal by himself. Not with you. Not with you. See, he's controlling his anger. Here's another one. He has self-control with lust. And I get this also, my boyfriend's looking at porn, what do I do? And what's hard for me in this, and I understand it's so different in our world right now, and I did a message just on porn that I would love for you guys to listen to. And here's what I hear. When my husband, my, my boyfriend's looking at porn all the time, what do I do? It's basically saying this, my boyfriend is cheating on me all the time, what do I do? See, if you, if you don't understand the, the back side of porn, it's highly addictive, and what it's addicting him to is variety, which means no woman will ever be enough, can never be enough. And at best, at best, the worst that it does is the moment he looks at it, you become less attractive. That's the best that can happen off it. And let me just say this, you are better off single than with someone who's addicted to porn. Guys, it's affecting the world around you too. Two-thirds of divorces now list porn as a reason for their divorce. Two-thirds. So we're seeing what's happening. What's crazy is you hear people call it a marital aid, but all it does is it causes you to become addicted and want someone else. I had 
a girl that was married to a guy. He was a virgin when they got married, but he had a porn addiction from the age of 15 on. They got married. He was unable, I know this is a lot of information, he was unable to go to completion with sex. He was unable to do that. Now, that sounds crazy. You're like, wait, but that, that's, that's a lot. But here's the deal with porn. That's an extreme deal. Porn's on a spectrum. If you look it up, if you look at the stats, all these things, if you look at it, porn is on a spectrum, which means this. At worst, he doesn't have the ability to do that. At best, you're less attractive, and he still is craving somebody else. And here's the problem. You don't know if he's walking into that room with you already pre-gaming. Because it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. See, you need to hear these things. And on top of that, girls, I've heard girls say this. Um, I don't want him looking at porn, so I'm going to send him pictures of me. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. I mean, there's entire sections of porn called revenge porn that happens when he decides you do something that he doesn't like, and so he sends it to other people. It's just a bad idea. Putting those things out there. I mean, I don't even like my wife to text me certain things because my name is the same as my dad's. You want to talk about an awkward Christmas. Like, but I hear all the time, but he needs release or he needs this. No guy has ever died from not having sex. It's not happened. I swear to you, that's never happened. And if he's unwilling to show self-control now, what do you think is going to happen in marriage when you go through all kinds of stuff? When you have kids, and those nine months are these crazy months, that time after you have a kid where there are weeks where you're unable to have sex, what is he going to do? Does he immediately turn to something else or someone else in that? Does he have self-control with you? I heard girls say all the time, but I don't know if he likes me if he doesn't touch me. No, no, he's honoring you if he chooses not to do that. He's honoring you, and what you don't need to do is tempt him so that it happens so you feel good about yourself. You need to understand that he is looking at you like the princess that you are and trying to treat you that way. Here's the last thing. Pay attention to what he believes. What he believes. Does he pass on what he learns about God? Does he believe what he reads? Or does popular opinion quickly become his answer for things? Can somebody quickly sway him from the Bible? See, Guys, as a, as a whole, we know this. We have problems asking for directions, right? But you don't want a guy that has a problem asking somebody else or looking to the Bible for direction. You don't want to have a guy that refuses to seek godly help when things get tough. Does the guy that you're looking at have integrity or does he sway with every decision that comes up? Is he making the decision, the right decision, or is he making the easy decision? We're paying attention to these things. What place does biblical leadership have in what he does? Does he even think that it is needed or does he think he knows everything? Look, please, girls, you're hearing this and this is a lot. Like the idea, the, the porn, alcohol, all these things, you're going, okay, I, I get with you on some of this stuff, but I, I don't like all of it. Please look at your dating habits, okay? Please look at the men you're attracted to. Please look at what's happening in your life. Do you continue to date the wrong person? Do you continue to end up in situations of hurt and pain from the guy that's with you? If you can really look at those things, then maybe the thought is, maybe I'm going after the wrong guy with the wrong characteristics. Maybe my list doesn't need to be this long. 
It needs to be six, six things that God says is most important. Because the question is, are you looking for a husband or are you looking for someone just to fill the gap? Are you looking for a husband or are you looking for someone just to make you feel good in that moment? Are you looking for a husband or are you looking for someone that helps you not feel lonely? Look, if you are looking for those other things, take a step back, like I said, work on you so that you can actually pick the right person, the godly spouse, not just the person in front of you. Let's pray. God, I thank you, uh, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you that uh, you, have, you have given us some direction when it comes to marriage and what we should be looking for. God, I pray tonight that as I say these things and there's all kinds of thoughts and emotions going through heads, God, I pray that you would make it simple. God, I pray that you would lead the hearts in the right direction. God, I pray if breakups need to happen, they happen. If separation and moving away from somebody needs to happen, it happens. If we need to delete people out of our phone, that's what we do. God, I pray most of all for healing for the girls in this room that absolutely need it. God, please help us make wise decisions. Please allow us to remove our heart from situations so that we can be rational in our thought. God, we thank you for all the second chances that you give us and the fact that you can turn our heart into something that is brand new. God, we thank you for that. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.